0: This is the problem is people don't want to then question anything because they don't they're scared to be called names or they're scared to be bullied which is really what's happening is these people bully you if you go against their narrative Welcome
1: to Pod Bless America, I'm Jim and I'm Dan and today we're going to be talking about the same fuckery we've been talking about for the last two episodes, maybe three episodes. It's ridiculous. Arizona is still, uh, now I will say this, that Arizona apparently is okay now. The Secretary of State says the elections are absolutely fair and everything's good. The
2: disenfranchised voters were just, it It, wasn't enough to affect the outcome. That's their go-to, right? Listen,
1: Secretary of State says that everything's great. Now, Secretary of State happens to be Katie Hobbs, who is also running for governor, but she assures us everything's fine. But the AP reports... Everything's fine. The AP reports a second
2: Republican-controlled Arizona County on Monday delayed Mm -hmm. certifying the results of this Monday's election as a protest against voting issues in Maricopa County that some GOP officials have blamed for their losses in top races, including the contest for governor.
1: You know, here's my thing, though. This just smacks of election denier shit to me. Mm. Like, I agree. I agree whole thing is completely screwed up. Does anybody honestly believe that anything's going to be done about it? Or is there going to be any different outcome right now than, than what already is? Or are we just going to fight it, fight it, fight it, and then Katie Hobbs is governor? Because that's what's going to happen. Because you lack standing, Jim. Because, yeah, right. Because you're just two schmucks from Ohio. We don't have to listen to you. But no, I, for real, right? Does anything? Does anything ever change? We are just the little people, man. There is no stopping the government. That's it. There's no stopping the government. I thought we were the government, Jim. Who? Me and you? The people. Oh. Well that's how it was supposed to be. That's how it was supposed to be, but that ain't how it is. <laughs> I'm I'm telling you, man. I oh. Well,
2: I'm I try to be a cheerleader. I'm, I try. Well, I'm wondering if they are delaying the certification. They say that the race for attorney general was heading to a mandatory recount once the election is certified by all 15 counties, but they can't do that until these counties certify. So maybe that's a lesson they learned from last time. Maybe they certified too fast and they got the ball rolling. You and know, all of a sudden they were like, we can't
1: do anything because you already, you, you already know, did right, it. Right. Should have never certified if you had a problem. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's like, oh shit. They're like a lesson learned. It's a lot. I told you, I told <laughs> you we shouldn't have certified. Meanwhile, Mike Pence is back there like, oh God, he was right. Is right again. Where's Carrie Lake at right now? Has she come out with anything? Is there, I don't even know what's going on in Arizona anymore. I can't even keep up with it. I mean, the news comes in so fast and they're so, actually, you know what? Why don't we call somebody from Arizona? We, we can got, call. Are we calling Carrie Lake? I wish. I was trying to get a hold of her for real. <laughs> I was. It is tough to get a hold of Carrie Lake. She, 16 hours ago, she retreated Charlie Kirk. Retreated? <clears throat> Sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. I'm all
2: jacked up today.
1: Uh, Dan's ADHD is off the rails today. So apparently because of the Thanksgiving holiday, I'm assuming that Walmart was out of Adderall. Um, So just bear with us. It's the holiday week, buddy. It's my week off. We're just (laughs) getting back to nature. Carrie Lake retweeted
2: Charlie Kirk about 16 hours ago. And it says a new report indicates the problems in Maricopa County were much more dire than election officials originally admitted. 63% 63% of polling locations experienced malfunctions. 51% experienced a wait line of one to two hours. Why won't Richer and Gates admit they botched this election? So just a lot of retweeting from her. She put here a testimonial from somebody. Caitlin checked her voting history on the Secretary of State's website and found out the information listed had no actual correlation to her actual voting history. Her parents noticed the same discrepancies. She's, she's, uh, she's going to
1: make her case. Let me make a call. Let me make a call. We got, uh, who do we know? Well, who do we know in Arizona? We got Steve Hayes. Steve Hayes. We Mm -hmm. already talked to him. We did. But you know what? Steve's more of a local guy. We've got uh, Mark Lamb. Sheriff? The American Sheriff. The American Sheriff? I like that guy. Yeah. Give me a second here. Let me see if I can get him him on the phone. All right. Here we go. All right. With the uh, magic of the pause button (laughs) and uh, Sheriff Lamb, who apparently we didn't burn our bridges with. (laughs) Uh, you, you didn't call him. You didn't call him too late at night. One night when we were doing a Facebook live, didn't call him drunk at two o'clock in the morning one night. So apparently we didn't burn our bridges with him because he does answer his phone for us. So uh, Sheriff Lamb, you there?
0: Yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. Yes, sir. Welcome so welcome back, Sheriff American Mark sheriff. Lamb
1: Here as uh, yeah, known as the American Sheriff, he's sheriff of uh, Pinal County, Arizona. I think it was back in episode 22. That was a while ago. That was in March. Yeah, yeah, that
0: was a while ago. Yeah,
1: we had him on in March for a full episode. Um, and you can go back and listen to that. Uh, it was an amazing episode. And we figured we would call him and uh, we figured we'd give you a call and see what's going on in Arizona. Because it feels like for the last three weeks now, we've and, been talking about And we've about- been trying to get away from it. And we it, can't. It's our whole yeah, idea get to get away from it. Get though. away it from just it.
0: Keeps dragging on. Yeah, every yeah, time, every time we think it it's
1: over, yes. then all of a sudden there's another county. It's like you know what? We're not certifying yeah. either because it looks like now, Dan, you said <laughs> it what? It said Cochise and Mojave County are now saying they don't want to certify. They're there's delaying a, the certification. So what's going on out there right now? What's going on with Maricopa County?
0: Well, I'll tell you all the problems that you're seeing on there. You know the the length of time it takes to count all the ballots. Um, All of these issues are caused by mail out ballots. You know, people think that makes elections easier. It doesn't, it convolutes it. The reason Florida is able to count their votes in the night of the election is they do not allow for the mail out ballots to come a week before the election is the last day you can send your ballot in or drop your ballot off. Well, Arizona allows you to bring that ballot to the box and put it in the box the day of the election. So you think about it, that's automatically going to extend you a week trying to count all of those. Every one of those has to be opened by a Republican and a Democrat opening it, verifying the signature, and there was 290,000 of those in Maricopa County alone. Wow! So when you talk about how long it takes to count ballots, it's because you're allowing mail-out ballots. First of all, we it's 27 days of, of election here in Arizona. We've got... Uh, 27 days where people can can vote you know they can get uh submit their ballot and some people are getting more than one ballot because our you know voter rolls are not up to date like they probably should be in every county you know and And that's
1: that's what's amazing right is that uh Andrew Wilkow talks about it all the time it's election day not election season and somehow we have allowed this to turn into a month worth of elections you know, um, we talk about that on the show, that if you're older than three years old, you remember when the the results were given to you the night of the election. But you would stay up late to see if your candidate won. Then you would go to bed and you would know who won.
2: Also, to what he's saying, Tom Fitton is going from county to county and state to state trying to get him to clean the voter rolls up so people can't use the dead people or right. can't allegedly or can't use. That's right. Uh, I'll
1: say people it, who don't know. it. Ohio is pretty good with that. You know, we keep our voter rolls pretty clean, which is why our elections go off without a hitch. Usually we're done the night of. You know, in our
0: county. Our county does a great job of, of keeping up with the voter rolls. I don't think you can ever say you're perfect, but they do a really good job keeping up with it. Um, we did a lot in our county. You know, if you watch the, the national media, we dropped the ball because we didn't print enough Republican ballots in the primary and we got shellacked. And I don't want to say we, I'm saying we as a county, but I didn't have anything to do with it. Right. Um, but what we did is it did allow us to kind of step in and really make sure that we were doing our elections right. Um, we monitored the, the videos of the drop boxes throughout the whole uh, 27 days. Not only that, we opened up a piece of our office for civilians to come in and watch a live feed. They legit signed up 24-7 we had civilians in watching the live feed of the people dropping off the ballots at our ballot box locations. And they were notating anything that was suspicious. And I probably only got a couple notes of people that looked a little suspicious, but so we did a really good job of tightening every everywhere where we thought we had some issues. And in the end, our, our election went off pretty good, but we still had the issues of county ballots for an extra week because of all those mail out ballots that are showing up the day of the election or that people mailed in at the last minute. Is it just me,
1: or it does it? I mean, I know this is what everybody thinks, but the the mail-in ballots only seem to help the Democrats. Right now, they'll help. They'll well, help
0: yeah, because what they do is, if you had an election day, you know, Arizona went seventy thirty for Republicans on election day. You know, the Democrats they don't they don't worry too much about campaigning. What they do is they worry about for the 27 days leading up to the election, harvesting. they go show up and make sure you vote. That's what they do. They're harvesting. And so, yeah, they're really kind of harvesting those votes and making sure that people are sending in their ballots and that's the effort that they expend. And obviously it's paying off because uh, when the, when those ballots dropped the night of the election, I think Kerry uh, Lake was down by 16 points at that point. And so, You have to make that up on election day. Mm -hmm. And so when your tabulators and stuff aren't working, you know, that's a little bit of a problem for the Republicans. And that is what's happening right now is the attorney general has gotten involved and said, look, your tabulators weren't working and this adversely affected our Republicans. And they're estimating by 300 Mm percent it affected Republicans over Democrats. And so that is why. The attorney general's office is saying we need answers and we want to understand just how bad this election was affected um, here in Maricopa County. But the the
2: secretary of state says everything's above board. But, Jimmy, it happened to you, too. Didn't it just happen to you here where they
1: said, hey, guys, listen. Yeah. Tom, tell them what happened to you. And yeah, then. Uh, well, and, and it was on a lot smaller scale. Right, mm-hmm. they got it fixed pretty quick. But when I went to vote, they uh, a guy put his uh, his ballot in to be read, and it jammed up the machine. And they're like, "Oh, well, we don't know what's going on. We can't we can't read anymore. Just leave your ballots here, and we'll take care of it." And everybody in line was like, mm, "Nah." I'm gonna wait. Uh, I'll wait. Yeah. You know what? I'll wait. I don't. Yeah. And, and and that's. But that speaks to the bigger problem. Mm-hmm. People in this country do not trust the elections anymore. At least half the country. Or even adjudication. Yeah. Adjudication. They yeah. say, "Well, listen, we'll have a Democrat and a
2: Republican look at it, and they'll decide, right?" But I don't know who the Democrat and the Republican are. The Republican could have been some person or, who's listen, been registered for. We so are long. losing. We're losing
1: yeah. faith in the elections in this country. Yeah. And when this country loses faith in the elections, we are done as a country. We're done. That's it.
0: And the, the lost faith comes from those mail-out ballots. Look, well, you've allowed, you've opened yourself up. for well, why a, are we putting uh, up with that? Well, and that's what I was going to say is, you know, people can say, well, that you know, they can blame one party or the other. But I'm here to tell you that in Arizona, all of the legislative election laws that we have came from Republicans. The Republican here right. in Arizona, whether our governor has been Democrat or Republican, our legislature and our state Senate have always been Republicans. And they're the ones that have passed these awful laws. And it used to be that you the only way you could get a mail out ballot was as if you were you had a health issue, you were elderly or something would impede you from being able to show up to the polls on voting day. That's how you got a mail out ballot. And that's the way it should be military, Mm -hmm. whether you were out of state on business or military, whatever it was. Now, what we've got is we just send them out to everybody, and we send sometimes multiple ballots. You know, the problem is, though, that's causing a lot of problems. Nobody
1: cares. But their argument is you're trying to stop people from voting if you want to get rid of them. Right, right. It's voter suppression. But the problem is that nobody cares in the off season. Right No, people voter, voter suppression would be if you showed up
0: and didn't let them out their house on voting.
1: day. Sure. Well, or you're stopping them at the polls like we everybody had, has equal
0: equal right of getting out of their house on election day and showing up and voting. You know, remember when we and had who, and, who
1: was that group? It was an African-American group with the with the the, the new Black Panthers with was the it? batons that were standing as voting those, booths. Yeah. They were standing at election sites trying to intimidate voters from coming in. Nothing was done to them. Right. I, but like I said, though, the, the, the problem is it's the off season that nobody cares. That's when we should be passing these laws to fix this, but nobody cares. Then we get to the election. Now it's too late. You haven't done anything for the past two years. And now you're like, Oh, something has to be done. Well, it's too late to do something.
0: Now is the time. Well, to I will start. tell you the other problem with that is what, what happened in the media and what happened honestly with the left where they just, they name called everybody and yep. called you an election denier. If you questioned, or you wanted to have a, Look, I all I stood up for was for election integrity in my county. All I wanted to say was, look, if you break the law, we're going to enforce it. We're going to ensure that the people of my county can trust that we're having a fair election. And because of that, you know, I'm called an election denier and I'm this and wow. that. And you're like, hold on. This is the problem is people don't want to then question anything because they don't. They're scared to be called names or they're scared to be bullied which is really what's happening is these people bully you if you go against their narrative. And so and we've talked about that.
1: We've we've talked about that here is uh, the appropriate response to this is no response. We have to stop allowing them to change the narrative, to change the, the, the trajectory of the discussion, right? When you're talking about free and fair elections and they're like, well, you're just an election denier that puts you back on your heels. Now you have to defend yourself against that claim. And now you're off your original message. We have to just stop. It's, you know it what? sounds like episode four. <clears throat> Call me a racist. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not. Call me an election well, denier. I'm I mean, not. I
0: don't defend myself. I'm not. I don't well, when I say you, when I say myself. you, I mean, yeah. generally,
1: generally. You know, general. and I,
0: I knew, I knew what you meant. I'm just mm-hmm. making sure that yeah. people who are listening. Know that I don't like, I don't sit there and go, wait, guys, I'm not. I'm yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. no,
1: you're our people. You you no, know, we know that.
0: That you let people, you got to trust. I don't treat Americans like they're dumb. And so I don't pretend like I need to feed, baby feed them everything. And so what I do is, look, you want to call me that? whatever. I'm going to let people look at the facts and, and, and by their fruits, he shall know them. Um, and they can make their own decisions. Let me
1: ask you this. Nobody's talking about it. And I could be completely off base here. Um, when it comes to an election, if there is bona fide fuckery going on, right? We know that something is going bad with this election. The sheriff, do you have power to step in as an elected official (laughs) Duly sworn to uphold the Constitution. Does, does a sheriff have have any authority at that point to say, hey, look, we're putting a stop to this?
0: I will tell you, state to state is different. Every state is different. So to say that I might, they may not, I don't know. You know, it's a really good question. I don't know that the sheriff has the authority to stop all of the components of an election. But we can hold people accountable that did cheat or that did break the rules when it comes to elections, but I don't have the legislative authority to redo it or do those things. A lot of those authorities were, have been given to other people through the legislature. Yeah. And so really what it boils down to is I don't think that the sheriff has the ability to say, stop, stop, we're going to redo this. I don't have that authority. What I do have the authority to do is hold people accountable I did cheat if there was cheating and to a point where they broke the law there's so many so
1: many things you can look at where it appears that the law has been allegedly mm-hmm. that the law has been broken I mean would you would you have and I know man that's a big step big step to take to to if the federal government's not doing it to go in there and arrest people if you think you if, have you know, a case it really
0: depends on if they broke a, a, a statute here in Arizona that governs you know because I'm bound yeah. by the statutes the laws that the people, The elected officials that the people voted in passed. That's the, first of all, for any listener out there, we are not a freaking democracy. Anybody that, all these Democrats going around saying that this is a threat to democracy and this is going to destroy democracy, we are a constitutional republic, Mm. which means Mm. we elect people to represent us and then those people go in and pass laws. And so the legislature, those people we've elected, go in and pass laws some of those laws have criminal tales to them, criminal aspects to them. That is where the sheriff can get involved because it is my job to enforce criminal law and other other statutes. So it really just comes down to if there were laws that were broken, the sheriff can absolutely intervene, and which is what I was trying to do over this last year is really encourage sheriffs to be familiar with their voting laws and to be on top of it and to ensure as far as we could as sheriffs, that there was, there was votes that the elections were being done as legit as possible. Uh, It's it's, it's
2: crazy. Legit. If you want to call it legit, because Mark Kelly was given $73 million to get that seat from the Democrats, right. As opposed to Blake master's nine and a half million.
0: Yep. Yeah. And that's another thing that should be fixed. All the out of state money coming in. Right. You have people that are out of state, out of country, who knows from where. John Fetterman um, in Pennsylvania.
1: His brain is literally jello. He's he's no better than Biden at this point. And the amount of money he got in from California to get him elected to Pennsylvania's Senate
0: is unbelievable. That was supposed to be a toss up and he went up up by 5%. if If I was stuck in quicksand and I had two men standing there that needed to run to town to deliver a message. And that was Joe Biden and John Fetterman. I wouldn't send John Fetterman. You're just going to start, talking, gonna start talking to the and Lord. I'll, <laughs> I'll roll the dice with the fact that Joe Biden's going to remember the message over John Fetterman.
1: Dude, He's a mess. All right, listen, well, I want to change gears here real quick because I know time is short for you. Uh, how's the border situation? Because I see that Texas Governor Abbott now is sending, it looks like he wants to send uh, armored vehicles down to the border. Now, the more I read on this, I'm not sure the armored vehicles he wants to send are capable of carrying heavy weapons. Mm. Ain't no way that he's sending heavy weapons down to the border. Right? So I don't understand what the play is there. How's Arizona's border doing right now? And what do you think about is Abbott just blowing smoke, just trying to say, Hey, look, I'm trying to do something. Or do you think there's really a plan here for is Abbott just finally sick of it?
0: Well, I, I applaud Abbott on what he's doing. I, you know, you're right. We don't know what's going to work, but at least he's doing something. At least he's being proactive because the federal government is not. And this border is a disaster. And look, you know what he invoked? He, he, want. he invoked the invasion clause, as they well, all they should. should. Yeah. It is an invasion. By definition, it's an invasion. It's an incursion of a large group of people into a place or sphere of activity or an unwanted intrusion of a large group of people by both definitions it qualifies as an invasion now when you see camouflage clothes littered throughout the desert and carpet shoes of military aged men that have come into this country undetected i could make a strong case that we don't have any clue who these people are not only that they literally poisoned and killed over a hundred and seven thousand american lives last year if that doesn't deem you know, really stepping up our game. These people are killing Americans just because they're not doing it with bombs and machine guns. Apparently we just don't think it's a big deal. But the fact is they're being more effective. They're killing more Americans now with the type of warfare they're using on us, which is fentanyl and intruding with people that have bad intentions. I just had a homicide in my county. It looks to be like the guy, the, the suspect was here, illegally, without permission to be in this country. These are the issues that we're dealing with on a daily basis. And we gotta wake up as Americans and realize the threat that is at our doorstep. And not only at our doorstep, it's in our house. And we better do something about it. And I I applaud Greg Abbott for doing what he can. And you know what? Only time will prove out what's gonna work and what's not gonna work, but let's do something.
1: I guess right. Have we ever sent armored vehicles down to the border? No, before? but I have an idea, so, Jim. Let's give it a shot. You ready oh. for my idea? Here we go. This ought to be good, Sheriff. I'm sorry for what's about to happen.
2: We could just call. <laughs> we could just call every single person trying to enter this country illegally Republicans. And then, oh yeah, then the, de- then the Democrats will see them as a threat. <laughs> exactly.
0: And then we'll do something uh, about it. You know, what's funny as I've been saying that for a while. I've all been the... saying that on news interviews. Let them all like, in, hey, and then you, you, want... you register
1: them as Republicans. They'll be they'll be out tomorrow. <laughs> I figured
0: out how to stop it. Tell everybody, tell all the Democrats, these are conservatives coming into <laughs> the country because really, their value systems—they are conservatives—and and like the Cubans and all the other people in Florida are figuring out their value system. They've been misled all this time. Their value system, their family, people they believe in. In hard work, they believe in freedom. That's why they wanted to come to this country, only to have it being destroyed by the same people who don't know how to appreciate this country.
1: I
2: know. Any other country that had this problem wouldn't be
1: handling it the way we're handling it. Well, no, of course not, right? Every other country has border laws. You you can't just walk into another country. I mean, go pick a country. Go pick a country and sneak in through their border and see what happens.
0: Yeah, see what happens. Look at what happened in the... Look at what happened in the World Cup. That guy was wearing an, a, a a gay pride flag shirt, and they're like, "No, not here." And he was all upset. And the guy, they doubled down. The you know the Qatari government said, "Look, with the, with your what you guys believe in the West, don't just think that we all have to just believe what you believe. That, you know, look, we're a laughingstock of this world sure, right girl. now because of all the things we're doing. We're a laughingstock, and." And they, we think we're all woke and we're so far ahead of everybody. When in reality, third world countries are laughing at us thinking we've lost our mind. Yeah, right.
1: I, and I know there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's a big political aspect to this, but two words, Brittany Griner. right? Think you're going to go over there because maybe weed's not a big deal here or you're Brittany Griner, or, you know, you're untouchable here. And where is she now? Gulag, right? She is locked up for, what is it, nine years over in there in Russia? Camp. Right, in a work camp. Uh, you're right. Uh, nobody cares how woke we are here. Nobody cares what we can get away with in this country.
0: It's it's. And let re- me tell you what was bad about them trying to go after trying to free Brittany Griner. We have Americans who are in prisons and in jails for marijuana charges. Right. So why is she so special that she gets some special treatment? Look, she broke a law in another country, and knowing I've lived in plenty other countries, and I feel for her. I do. You know, I was actually, I had actually communicated with her a year or so before. I was in the airport and saw her in the airport, must have had to have been right on her trip to Russia because I was, it was only a couple days later that she ended up getting uh, thrown in the gulag there. So my heart goes out to her, but at the same time, I think this is a wake-up call to Americans that, look, You first of all, the same things that they complain about, the freedoms they complain about, are the things that are protecting them that other countries would absolutely throw the book at them for? Right. You know, some of the behaviors that that we tolerate here would never be tolerated in other countries. Nor yet they. Yet they complain about America.
1: Right. Yep. For sure.
0: All right. Listen, we got off on a total. We got off on a tangent. Didn't? That's we? what happens. That's what happens. This is. That's. It's
1: great. It's great. Though. I know you got to get going. You just dropped a new book, American Sheriff Rules to Live By. I have your first book. I have not gotten this book yet. I'm going to be honest. I will.
0: I, I gotta send it out to you. Let me, and and I'm not an author. I'm not. I I guess I am an author well, by definition. I guess you I'm are an author. This is, this but, is number um, two. I also do it for my kids. I do it for maybe that. Maybe I might help one person. This book, American Sheriff Rules to Live By, is based on a poem that I love. It's by Rudyard Kipling. It's the poem "If," and if you've ever read it, it's an amazing poem. I decided to write a book, and and what the way I articulated the diff the the chapters are the stanzas to the poem, and the way I articulated those and, and explained those was through stories of the founding fathers, stories of hope and courage and determination and sacrifice, all the things that it's going to take to fix this country and get it back on track, and that it's happened before, and and that you can take courage behind some of these stories, and then some personal stories. Um, and it's a short book, an easy read. Uh, American sheriff rules to live by. You can get it on Amazon. Or you can get it on my website or my wife's. My wife's is sheriffswife.com. She just tried to drop the new book I was just called say, Bravery and Blinders. I think she answers your books, website, doesn't you? she?
1: <laughs> Doesn't she answer every book that you have pretty much? She's like, oh, no, listen, you're not taking top billing here. You know <laughs> what it here, is? Here's my book.
0: Is, I tell her, because I don't want to be out on the island by myself. I'm like, why don't you write a book, too? Yeah. But she told yeah. me, she's like, I'm not writing any more books.
2: Well, my wife, um, and, I, my wife and I compete in fantasy football, and you guys compete <laughs> on who authors the yeah. best-selling book. Yeah.
0: We need to but step our can, game you up. Can lo- you can secretly log onto your phone and bench the, the starting quarterback. Boom. <laughs> 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 I ain't trying to
2: lose. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. So um, you can get mine at americansheriff.store. We, if you get them on our websites, we sign them, personalize them, send them out to you. We do it to just hopefully help some other people, show our kids that you can push yourselves to do things that you didn't think you could do. We're big believers in in, in trying to learn new things and take on new challenges that make you scared or uncomfortable. And and I think that's what we've got to get back to in America is a lot of us have gotten really complacent. And I think our complacency and our comfortability has been what has caused us to lose these values that this country was built on. And we didn't want to be uncomfortable and we didn't want to be called names and we don't want to get involved. We didn't want to get, lose family and friends. We didn't want to Turn, we didn't want to get uh, cut off of social media. So instead we sat silent and we didn't do anything about it. And, um, and I, am just not one of those people. I try to be very pleasant and smile, but at the same time, I love this country. I love freedom. I love God, family and freedom. And I'm going to do whatever I can to uh, protect those things. And so writing these books, hopefully gives people some courage and some strength to continue forward and, and, and be great Americans.
1: Right on, man. Sounds oh, for great. sure, yeah. I'll have to make sure I uh, I check this one out. You had me at Founding Father. You had, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Founding See
2: <laughs> he just started dreaming and he wasn't yeah. listening to a thing you just said there. <laughs> I, was,
1: I was just
0: daydreaming like I'm fighting in the revolution.
1: I'm like, ugh. My name would
0: be Well, up. in some of these stories, some of the stories you're going to know and some you're not. You know, For example, most people in America don't realize well, how hell nowadays kids don't even know who Benedict Arnold is, but most people do not realize that Benedict Arnold was a war hero for the Continental Army. Mm-hmm. He was a war hero everywhere he went. Everybody's like, oh shoot, man, Benedict Arnold's here. We're going to whoop. We're going to whoop him now um, until he got too big for his britches and felt like he wasn't being uh, respected enough. enough, yeah. enough. Yep. He became respected a turncoat.
2: This, then he was on yep, the, then he was he on the lam. Oh, yep.
1: stop it. That's right. Jesus. You know, we almost made it through. We almost made it through. I, I saw Dan wasn't even listening to anything you were saying. He was just, I could see him, da- you know, he was writing. He was trying to figure out a joke to fit in there somewhere. He finally got it. Jeez. Well, he nailed it. He yeah, nailed it. Well, I wouldn't say, don't, oh, stop. No, Now he's over here, big, big, old, big old head. <laughs> right. Going to have a hard time getting out of the studio today, Jim. All right, Sheriff, we're going to let you go, man. I hear your radio going in the back there. I know you're working. I appreciate you taking the call, though.
0: No, no, I appreciate you guys and to all your viewers out there, you know, this is a time where they want you to be frustrated and, and angry and they want to divide and that's how they conquer you. They want to create division, whether it's race, religion, politics, um, philosophical ideas. I, I, I think that there uh, are two things. Second Timothy 1, 7, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. The power is we the people, and you gotta take it back. You cannot defeat darkness with more darkness. It's only with light. So you gotta bring back the love. Alexis de Tocqueville, who wrote Democracy in America, back in the early 1800s, he was sent here by the French government to understand America, the penal system, everything about America. And so he ends up writing a book, a four volume series called Democracy in America. And one of my favorite parts in there is he says, I searched for the greatness and genius, I searched for the greatness and genius of America in her commodious harbors and in her ample rivers and it was not there. In her fertile fields and in her boundless prairies and it was not there. In her rich mines and in her vast world commerce and it was not there. Not until I went into the churches of America and discovered her pulpits aflame with with righteousness, Did I understand the secret of her genius and power? America was great because she was good. And if America ever ceased to be good, America will cease to be great. So we've got to bring that goodness back into America. And the last thing is you've got to be of a sound mind. Um, You cannot let them get you distracted. And I'll leave it with this quote. It's from the book As a Man Thinketh. Um, which is a phenomenal book by James Allen. As soon as you read American Sheriff Rules to Live By, which you can get on Amazon or American americansheriff.store, quick little plug, um, <laughs> make sure you read Put As a Man Thinketh on your, on your monthly reading list. It's an amazing book. But in there, it says at the very last, it says, keep your hand firmly upon the helm of thought. In the bark of your soul reclines the commanding master. He does but sleep, wake him self-control is strength, right thought is mastery, calmness is power, say into your heart, peace be still. You got to wake that commanding master up and get him to the helm of the ship to navigate these difficult waters. But you got to keep your head about you you, as we go through these issues and these troubling, these trying times. So uh, God bless you guys. Thanks for having me on. God bless all your listeners. And And God bless America.
1: Stay safe out there and keep up the good fight, Sheriff, man. There's a lot of people counting on you. Yeah, we'll talk soon at like 2 a.m. All right. (laughs) The drunk text, the drunk call. (laughs) Exactly. Don't answer the phone after midnight. I'm just warning you. (laughs) All right. Hey, we'll see a lot, As
0: long as you're not calling me for a booty call. I'm hey, not
1: no, a, no, no, so. no. Well, Dan might. Wow. Dan might. Dan's Dan's got your pictures all up behind him. You should see the studio. He's got a lot of your pictures up there. And it's a
0: shrine, I'm Jim. A shrine. I, need to send you, I need to send you a nice eight by 10. I'll send you the one where I'm walking across the street with right. the Constitution. Oh, oh well, you can send that to me.
1: <laughs> you can send that to me. Now you're speaking my language. All right. All thanks a lot, right. so Yeah, Sheriff. Sure. We'll see you. All right, thank you guys. Yeah, take care. to you later. All right, bye. Man, I love how on the
2: end of his conversations, my man can quote stuff from books and quote scripture. And at the end of this podcast,
1: I'm just trying to launch a dad joke. You know, (laughs) I need to step my game up. You know what? When we started this episode, uh, I was that guy, right? I was the guy that is just giving up. I mean, I, and I'm just tired. I'm tired after this election, but, but he's right. You can't give up. You got to fight the darkness with the light, you know? And 2024 is going to come fast. Yeah, he's right. I, you know, I, I, I can't be, I can't be a woe is me. Oh, uh, we can't win. Uh, I just. I mean,
2: if his numbers are right, 70, 30 on, on, on voting day, that's, that's a number that well, they would never be what, able to get over if they got rid of the mail-ins. But
1: we talked about this. It was seventy thirty, and then somehow all of a sudden everybody decided, "Nah, we're going to go Democrat for governor and senate." Get mm. The fuck out of here! And then it gets decided by less Absolute than one percent. Absolute bullshit. Man, yeah. Nostradamus
2: over here. I just made I Nostradamus. Just made that no, I'm no when I when I said it was gonna what was going to happen. Right, it's like, not Nostradamus. No, it's Nostradamus.
1: Oh, Nostradamus! <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. How did I miss that? You missed it. Oh God. It's just it's just so hard to listen to you sometimes. Like you do this stuff and my brain's just like, don't even entertain this. And just shuts down. Happens to me more times than you think. <laughs> <laughs> that voice inside your head, you don't even listen to it anymore. You're like, oh, shut up, you. Oh uh, my God. All right. Let me uh you know what? I think it might be time for another story with dad. The people want it. We could just end it with this. That was, uh, you know what? I, I don't know how we topped that call right there. Honestly. I mean, there's nothing we're going to say. Just our stupid opinions. I would like to note one thing, though. Happy birthday to us. As we record this thing, this is our one-year anniversary. Of our first drop. First, first drop. I think it was the the teaser, right? No, I think we or actually dropped. We the, actually
2: dro- or was
1: this our first I episode? I think it was
2: the first episode, because it's marked as the 23rd on
1: Spotify, as okay. far as a drop goes. All right. <clears throat> so yeah, so happy birthday to us. We made it for a year. That's a big milestone in the podcast world, man. Uh, I mean, you look at a lot of these podcasts and they have eight episodes and you never hear from them again. So the fact that we actually made it for a year. Or they're only doing one a month. It's just crazy. And they're trash. Right, right. <laughs> just crazy, man. So happy birthday, Daniel. <clears throat> happy birthday, Jim. Jim's
2: dad, he's a family man. Whooped everybody's s and Conquering the world in the FBI If you saw Jim's dead, you were gonna die
0: Hey, it's Jim's dead
1: Guess what
2: time it is, Dan? What time is it, Jim? story time with my dad What's your favorite time of the day?
1: Well, welcome back Yeah Hey All right, story time Story time So what's the the story today? As long as it's not about me Do you have any about me?
3: Oh, I got plenty of about you, but I'm not going to tell him. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's my, see, that's my dude. That's my ride or die right there. <laughs>
3: it's because he's not
1: proud. It's not
3: because he's. <laughs> uh,
2: no, what no. do we got this week? We got, we got
3: more FBI. What, what do you uh, got? You know, I've told uh, in the past, I've been talking about my experiences with the Navy and with the FBI, but uh, there's a couple of funny uh, stories that are attributed to my time with the Lorraine County Drug Task Force, which. I went to after I retired from the FBI,
2: so roughly a year the year would be
3: I retired from the FBI in two thousand and two, uh, and FBI agents in the state of Ohio are not considered peace officers they don't have peace officer status okay so after I retired in uh, April of two thousand and two, I had to go to the uh, Lorraine uh, College Police Academy for six months in order to be certified as law enforcement in the state of Ohio. So I went through the police academy. Everybody else was in our 20s. I was, in, I was 58 years old. He's going through
1: the police academy with all these kids that like just got out of college or just turned 21. They're like, I'm going to be a
3: cop. My
1: dad's been running SWAT teams for two decades. Wait a minute. Is there a class pick
2: that you have like at home on the mantle for, for that, in, that graduating class?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sitting right there with the, all these young kids. and uh, Yeah, I'm right there. Actually, on the state exam, I got the highest score of the class. So I was of course,
2: of uh, course, you did because there wasn't any mechanical aptitude <laughs> in
3: questions. And there wasn't any mechanical <laughs> aptitude involved. I digress. Uh, but no, I, I had a uh, and I, actually, I, I enjoyed going through the police academy. It was fun to be back in those days working with a bunch of young enthusiastic guys. That uh, and they were all they all looked up to, they knew what my background was, and they they all kind of. Anytime some instructor would say something that they'd all be rolling their eyes, they'd look at me like, is that right? And I I didn't want to be critical. You know, I never wanted to say, now that guy's full of shit. I never would do that to an instructor, but there were some times when I wanted to say, no, that guy's full of shit. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so I went with the Lorraine County Drug Task Force. Uh, I was, I guess I was 58 when I started with the Lorraine County Drug Task Force. Look, different generation. I just want
1: to point out that he could have been fishing since two thousand two. Maybe he doesn't like to fish like that. He could no, no, that's not the dad I know. But he could have been sitting around like watching birds and you know, just having a good time. Nah. Fifty eight years old. You know what I'm gonna do? Slap cuffs. I'm gonna go in there and start kicking in some doors of meth houses. That's what I'm gonna do. Yep, no. <laughs> Listen, fifty-six for me, that's it, bro. <laughs> that's it. I'm watching clouds drive just float by. I'm not mm, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, different generation. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. My dad's currently 94 years old, and he's still working. So,
3: <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, Bob Fiatal, he was an FBI agent. I, he was the head of BCI for a while. I think he, he said I was the oldest active uh, investigator in the state of Ohio at one point. I don't know about that. But I, I lasted with the Drug Task Force uh, really just until – well, I'm 78 now, so until I was about 77 – and I thought when I joined them, I thought, I just want to work until I'm 60. Then I'll, that's all I really want to accomplish. I want to stay in there 18 years.
2: <laughs> you had a whole other career. Re- I got a
3: retirement out of them, uh, too. A whole other
2: <laughs> <laughs> career. So wait a minute. You, you didn't retire from the Navy, so you didn't have that pension.
3: Well, I bought it back, though. Oh, that, with that, the terms? Well, yeah, yeah with the you service. You buy your military that's time right. back. So kind I bought 11 that. years there, nice. and I could combine that with my – but I did not have – and it all counted. I, mean, mm-hmm. I I wound up maxing out with the FBI. I got 35 years worth of benefits with the FBI. Nice. 25 with the FBI and 11 with the
2: Navy. And 18 more years on top. Oh, I know.
3: I know.
1: You know what? I mean, it's what you deal. You know what, what you though? You you know what, though? Let me, I tell everybody. Everybody's like, why is your dad still working? I'm like, because he'd be dead if he wasn't, right? He would have been dead in 2003 if he just retired. That's not him. I mean now he's starting to slow down a little bit, right? Now he doesn't he he doesn't want to he don't want to be in the mix anymore and kicking indoors and but then man there's no way at all that he could have just sat around. No way. You there, don't there from, wasn't no rocking chair big enough. Man, I'm telling you, you don't go from running SWAT teams and flying A7s in Vietnam to just sitting around watching TV all day, you know, or whatever.
2: You know, planting flowers. There's only so many times you can watch Top Gun on rewind, you know. <laughs>
3: exactly. To me, I did it because it was I thought it was fun. I mean, how many guys that are probably listening to this podcast would say, man, I'd like to be on a drug task force. I bet that's fun. Dude, Every day what? chasing guys no. down, kicking in doors, mm. pulling people over, arresting them. You don't think that's no. fun? No.
2: The guys that are going there now go, I want a pension, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want benefits, yeah. and I don't want to kick in a door in a house that has fentanyl in it, because if it dusts <laughs> me, they're going to have to Narcan me. This exactly. is the world we're living in now, Jim. You know, there was a
1: point where my dad came to me and he said, you know, when guys retire, some guys have hobbies, right? They, some guys like to fish. Some guys like to hunt. Some guys know? get a cabin. Some guy, yeah. You know, everybody has their hobbies. He goes, my hobby is arresting people. You know, where, where am I going to be able to do that? Where am I going to be able to do, arrest criminals it's called kidnapping after you retire. If you put handcuffs on somebody and you take them away, it's called kidnapping. But I feel like you
2: will retire. And then wherever someone's setting up shop to like get speeders and they pull them over, you're going to be like,
1: pull up and be like, Hey, shut your fucking mouth. Don't talk. Don't talk to him. I will. I'll be working. I'll be working for the defense attorneys as an expert witness.
2: But I'm sure I'm sure I'm sorry. I know you got a story in here about your time with the drug
1: task force. Go ahead with your story, Dad. We'll be
2: quiet. So I'm
3: with the drug task force. Uh probably this is it's gonna be in the eighties some po- no, no, wait a minute. I retired in the nineties. It's in a, I don't know, I lose track of time. But anyway, we're working a wire on some a major drug dealing operation. Part of the wire is you got the guys sitting there listening to the wire. And when they hear something, they'll send the surveillance units out to try to verify that what they think they're listening to actually occurred. When you know two guys are going to meet up, hey, I'll meet you at so-and-so location. I'll see you there, you know, how much you want, or, and stuff like that. So you need to verify that what you're hearing on the wire is what's really happening. So we're out uh, surveilling the girlfriend of the major drug dealer. I'm on the surveillance, I'm on the ground surveillance, we're out surveilling, and the the guys are maybe three lines up, but the guys are back listening to the major drug dealer. The girlfriend calls and says, hey, I think somebody's following me. And the guy, the the drug dealer who were up on his line, we're not on the girlfriend, but he says, well, what kind of car has he got? And she tells him the description of the car, and immediately the guys on the wire look at each other and say, I think she made Larkin, because they know what kind of Car. I think she made Larkin You better get a hold of him Tell him to back off a little bit she's, she's obviously got his car pegged So then the drug dealer says Oh he's driving out well, what, What's he look like Now this, this is a black drug dealer Black girlfriend mm-hmm. What's he look like She said Let me look uh, He's an old Dusty White <laughs> Crackhead looking motherfucker <laughs> So I go back, you know, they immediately call me and say, hey, you know, she's she spotted you back off. Get out of that surveillance. You're out of it. But I get back and on the board is old, dusty, white, crackhead looking (laughs) motherfucker. That's me.
2: (laughs) But that cover could have worked because then the the drug dealer was probably like, you're tripping. Just shut up. Well,
3: she didn't. She didn't figure me for a cop. I was a I was a dusty white crackhead looking mm-hmm. motherfucker.
1: Ain't no crackhead so that, following you.
3: That's uh, that's probably what's good about being a seventy-eight year old <sighs> drug agent.
1: God, <laughs> like <crusty> a, <laughs> old.
3: They're running out
2: of good agents. They keep grandpa out there yeah. in the back tailing people. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Man, dusty old crack. Oh, another time when mm-hmm. the age thing. Another time we grabbed a guy in Elyria during a hand to hand. We we roll up on this uh, guy and it's uh, this big black guy selling to this white guy actually out of North Ridgeville, and we roll up on him and we grab the we get him right in the middle of the transaction hand to hand and the guy's got drugs in the car and everything, so the black guy he's in handcuffs he's standing there and he's shaking his head and he's looking at the 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 young partners that I work with and he says man I got I got to get out of this. He said, I, I can't do time. He said, what do I got to do to work my way out of this mess? So one of the guys says to him, you got to talk to that guy over there. And he points to me. And so the guy says, hey, pops. All <laughs> well, the guys are looking at their feet like, uh, that ain't going to go. Hey, pops, ain't going to cut it. So what else should I say? Well, how about, uh, excuse me, sir? Yeah, start like that. there. Not, not hey, pops.
2: Start there. <laughs>
3: Oh, well, mm. <laughs> crackhead,
1: you dusty old crackhead, <laughs> crackhead ass crackhead. Oh, oh, god, a oh, that's a tough one to top.
2: Whooped everybody's ass and being conquering the world in the FBI. If you saw Jim's dead, you were gonna die. Hey, it's Jim's dad. reminds me of being a kid south central hill it's a big hill in our city we used to play on it as kids
1: this is horrible
2: my dad used to roll me down the hill and tires just go
1: is that a true story <sighs> it's not true those are the good years jim <laughs> As always, we thank you guys for your support. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you could drop us a like, drop us a five-star review, that really helps us out. You can find us on Facebook at Podbless America. And you can find us on Twitter at Jim and Dan Show. You can find us on Getter at Pod Bless America. And you can find me at Jim at PBAPodcast.com. And you can find me at Dan at PBA Podcast.com. So until next time, I'm Jim. I'm Dan and Pod Bless America. God damn it.